Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Vish from the Six Rings Came Show, doing another midweek hit here. A lot of stuff going around on campus. We're going to talk uh, Kevin Beard. We're going to talk Jason Taylor. We're going to talk men's hoops, chance to win the ACC on Saturday, women's hoops in the ACC tournament, and baseball with a huge series against UF this weekend. So stick around, and, and we'll get to it. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings Came Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have uh, – um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host uh, of the Huddle. Coach, got- yes, yeah. all right. <laughs> First touchdown of the year. Miami <laughs> Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name already. It's Merced. <laughs> It's a six-rig game show. Can't forget the name, though. Got jazz, blue, vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real poor alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. We see the six-rig champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane. That's never still put a damage to your What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. What is up, everyone? All right, so we got so much going on on campus uh, for, for a uh, first of March, actually. It's not February anymore. Um, so, you know, we... Start with the uh, with the bell cow of the show of the athletics department football. So, um, you know, it's been a wild couple of days. If you caught the show on Monday, we were speculating on who might be the receivers coach, who might be uh, is Jason Toad just automatically going to slot in as the defensive end slash linebackers coach. It looks like we got answers to both those questions. So, let's start with wide receivers coach. It does. I don't think it's been officially officially announced, but it looks like it'll be Kevin Beard former Hurricane wide receiver and former Hurricanes receivers coach um, has uh, has returned to Miami. He, he left Toledo uh, where he worked under Jason Candle there. He was one of a few candidates that were interviewed, Leonard Hankerson being one of them as well. Um, he was relatively successful in his first stint here. Um, obviously, he's an alum, which is partially a selling point. Um and it looks like a logical step up in his career, you know, going from Toledo, or I guess we're in Miami, so we should say Toledo, but um, logical step up in his career going from 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 that to, to Miami. So it's another kind of extension of that shift in focus. Um, 
Last year it was the all-star staff. It was kind of what's the biggest name I could get. This year it's certainly focused more on the coaching aspect um, and making sure that the coaches in place are teachers and that they're, you know, doesn't matter what the reputation is or what school they're coming from. It's more important that they can do the job. Kimber is an extension of that. Again, lost success at Toledo as well as at Miami for a little bit before that. So, I mean, uh, we talked about it on Monday. Um, the other kind of big name being, or I guess relatively big name, certainly a big name in Miami being thrown around there was um, Leonard Hankerson. Um, he is apparently staying with the 49ers, it looks like. I don't know if he was choice one or not, but I think Beard is a, is a good option, especially at this time with uh with the with the practice opening on on saturday so they need to make a move they've done that it and and again it's someone that's a known commodity that that is a good receivers coach so i think overall it's a, it's a very good hire there especially this late in the game um which brings us to probably the little bit more of a circus around uh jason taylor so um the rumor yesterday was that he was going to take a job with the Dolphins. He was definitely offered a job with the Dolphins. And the rumor is he was going to take it. Now, I think and mentally, uh, every Hurricane fan had penciled him in as the outside linebackers coach slash defensive ends coach. And so that news was, let's just say, <coughs> let's just say not well received by the fan base. Um, so... You know, a lot of panic set in. Um, today, Barry Jackson, obviously very well-sourced and and high-quality reporters are pointing that actually, yes, Jason Hunter did have opportunities. He's choosing to stay at Miami in an expanded role. Now, expanded role would have to almost certainly mean on-field coach. And there, you're allowed 10 coaches plus the head coach, so 11 on-field coaches. It does feel like that that is it then. Like he would be the expanded role as defensive end coach and outside linebackers coach, which means he would he would fill that 10 spot because there's already there there's there's already five coaches. There's already there's already nine coaches in total. Um five allocated offensively, um, and four defensively right now. Um, so he would be that fifth coach now again the way things are, are going someone else could leave that could open the spot up but it does look like that will be the coaching staff right now so jason taylor looks to be the last piece there again um he's he's obviously different because he's he's a legend in miami he's a hall of famer um so there's a there's a profile there as a player that does not exist with someone like kevin beard but um it's a similar type of hire in that next logical step move and it is it you know continuation of that shift and that change that 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 uh that crystal balls made this year going away from the big name and more towards the who is ready for this job now who is the right fit for this position from shannon dawson and lance gidry all the way down to potentially jason taylor you're seeing that move towards all right this guy's ready for this opportunity let's give it to him to step up versus i think last year was definitely more focused on getting the names in there and kind of getting that momentum going. And it obviously did not work out. Um, so hopefully that means that on Saturday when the Canes hit practice, you know, to start off spring ball, they have a full coaching staff because it does look like that's where it's headed. It looks like Kevin Beard uh, will join the offensive staff. And it looks like um, it looks like Jason Taylor will join the defensive staff. And that is it. That is the 10 coaches accounted for. And now if you look at all the changes, from last year, the only survivors are Mirabelle, Salavea, um, and Adai. 
And Adai is, you know, there have been rumors are floating around him. I think he'll probably stay at this point. It's hard to see an upgraded landing spot for him. Everyone else is gone. So, um, you know, you go five and seven, the team doesn't play well. You want change. You got change. Let's let's hope it goes better the second. Let's hope Cristobal 2.0 goes a lot better than last year. Um, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Speaking of Saturday, the Miami Hurricanes basketball team has an opportunity to win the ACC championship regular season. Technically, the tournament team is the ACC champion, but they have a chance to win the ACC regular season championship, um, which they did 10 years ago and have done only one time in school history. Um, and obviously, they've only been the ACC, you know, this century, but even the Big East, um, you know, the one time they won the Big East as a co-champ. So there, this is, this is historic for this program. Um, and, you know, after last weekend's debacle, which unfortunately I was on hand to witness in person, I know there's a lot of, you know, question marks and, and a lot of, you know, consternation, certainly blowing a 25 point lead in the second half at home to FSU losing at the buzzer like that really just, um, you know, let up defensively. Did not did not compete in the second half and 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 turned it over a lot and really gave the game away. After that, I know you know it's easy to get dejected a little bit, um, especially after how well the first half went. But in the end, it did not affect the team's ability to win the ACC. Um, either way, they would have had to beat Pitt. Um, so they go into that game with with an opportunity to to it's a winner. Winner wins the ACC. Pitt is in first right now. If Miami wins, they will tie pit and have the tiebreaker um based off of depending on who ends up where you know most likely will be because the canes beat clemson and, and pit did not so but either way it is the winner ends up in in the um in 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 the one speed in the acc and wins the acc regular season championship but again the kids have only done that once so there, there's a big opportunity there and by, they would have had to win this game anyway. I think Saturday's loss to FSU more affects seeding, affects morale a little bit. Obviously, Nigel Pack didn't play, so there's you know some of that's mitigated. But big opportunity there. If they were to lose, they would most likely be the three seed. The only way they would be the two seed is if uh, Virginia goes and loses to Louisville. In that case, the Canes would be the two seed. But so it's likely one or three seed for the Canes. Um, but you know, there's bigger bigger things at stake there than tournament seeing. There's an ACC regular season championship, which the Canes would obviously love to claim. It's a huge game. It's sold out already. It's going to be a blackout. Get out there early to the Watsco Center and and support this team as they as they try to win the ACC. Um, as 
you know, as, as troubling as last week's loss was, and as much as that hurt, there's still all of the Canes goals in front of them, uh, winning the ACC, winning the ACC tournament, and frankly, getting to the final four are all still very much in range. Um, but, you know, there's a chance to accomplish something really special on Saturday. And if they do, I'll make this pledge to you. We will go live. I will at least. I'll try to drag some of my co-hosts with me. But I will go live right after that show. We will celebrate that thing together because it's not every day you win a championship. And, you know, you, you got to celebrate those victories. And, and the Canes have the opportunity to do that on their home court in front of a blacked-out crowd and, and celebrate that victory. Um, speaking of, you know, potentially getting to the Final Four. So we did this last week. Let's take a look at potential um, NCAA bracketology here. Again, we are we are looking at the Canes here as the five seed right now in the East. Now, ironically, they were five when we looked at these projections last week. They then would have moved into fourth on the on on that last week because they do a this is this is this is all from ESPN. They do a Tuesday and they do one at the end of the week. So they moved into fourth and then lose an FSU back into fifth. So they're right where they were last week. One of the things to note though, where this you know when you get into that top four, so you do get some location preference. They have lost that a little bit here because they're now um, projected to go to Albany. There is a spot in there is there is a bracket that will go through Orlando, um, and one of the things the committee will consider if the Canes remain a five seed is whether or not they deserve that essentially home court against a four seed. I know the Canes don't have the largest fan base, but playing in Orlando, for example, if we swap them with San Diego State against Oral Roberts, Indiana Southern Miss. That's a home game for the Canes, relatively speaking. So, you know, as a five seed, do they deserve that? They're not the highest seed there. You know, the same thing if you look at this bracket here, if you swap them with TCU, do they deserve that home court against Xavier, for example, in the second round? So so that's something the committee will have to weigh. If the Canes can play themselves into a four seed, they will, I would say, it would be very strong possibility to get sent to Orlando. As a five seed, it's a little bit more gray area. Right now, they're going um, to Albany in this projection, and they're doing so against three teams in the Northeast. So it does become a situation where, you know, all they, they go essentially road games. Um, the other thing to keep in mind here is there's a historical imperative with, with five seeds losing in the first round. Not I think this Kane team is too good for that, and I actually think they match up better against smaller schools because they're quick. They're not going to get, you know, a lot of times these small schools win by – generating open shots and really kind of playing small ball against bigger power conference teams and the power conference teams aren't ready for it. The Canes aren't really susceptible to that. So I would expect that not to be a problem, but I mean, this is, you know, playing the four seed, we get to the four seed, potentially a three seed. You just do get a much easier first round opponent. It's much more difficult for you to lose. So five is, is a dangerous seed to be. Um, and, you know, I, I would obviously like their chances against Iona, but that's not, you know, that is not a gimme. And so it does all of a sudden, you know, get a little bit scarier there now. Obviously, if they beat Pitt on Saturday and win the ACC regular season, they turn around and win the ACC tournament. It's hard to see them not as a four seed. So there's still a lot to play for. But that does actually make a bit of difference, you know, being four versus five in terms of the ease of the first round game. Because when you start getting into the three, one, two, three, four seeds, not only do you get that home court potentially preference, but you also you start getting those automatic qualifiers that aren't as strong. 12 seeds tend to be the stronger one-bid teams or or potentially bubble teams from major conferences, which tend to be a little bit more talented. 
So, you know, if you can get up into that four or three range, you, you start to get much easier first round games. Like you're, there's a big difference even just in the this Canes quadrant here between playing Iona and playing Yale. Iona's a much better team. So, you know, things to look out for. Game on Saturday is huge. Uh, again, if you're heading out to the Watts, go do it early because it's sold out. Um, you know, make sure you get parking, get in your seats by the by the tip. Uh, as the Canes try to win the ACC, yes, for the second time, they can do that on Saturday. Um, just sticking with hoops, women are at the ACC tournament right now in Greensboro, um, and their opponents are playing right now. Um, Boston College and Georgia Tech are playing that C11-14 game. The winner will play the Canes tomorrow night. The Canes will need to um, the Canes will need to um, to win that game to secure their tournament bid. If they win that, the Canes are a six seed. They'll then play Virginia Tech on Saturday. Virginia Tech is one of the best teams in the country, despite being the third team in the ACC. The women's is by far the best conference, the ACC. Um, so finishing six was, a, again, a major accomplishment for the Canes women. Um, they need one more win because they can't afford a bad loss. And the BC Georgia Tech winners, that's an 11-14 game. They can't afford that bad loss. If they get that... They should be fine if they win that game. And then, you know, if they beat Virginia Tech, they're definitely fine. They've already beat Virginia Tech one, and they're one of only four teams to do so. Um, so looking, you know, kind of toggling over to what where the women are projected, and it is it's a little scary over here. Um, you know, they should be in – they finished sixth in the ACC. Again, best conference in women's basketball. But they're sitting here at in this in this last four by. So what that means um, is – is that there is there is potential there is risk here um, and in this last four, essentially if they get passed and or there's you know bids stolen by seven teams which is a lot but if you think about two or three bids get stolen someone goes on a run you know you could quickly get hairy um, but there's seven spots that would need teams would need to move up to push the Canes out of the tournament but also you know only three spots for them to have to play a plan game according again according to this projection projection but they are on that line there a little bit which is why they can't afford to lose that first game if they do that that's how you can tumble down if they win that that should just solidify it it'll be a 12th win in the toughest conference in, in college basketball and really um really i would say cement them as as one of the as an invite and probably cement them outside of the you know, having to play a play-in game because you don't want to have to play that extra game. Now, with that said, usually you see these last four buys for last four in as being, you can see like here, Syracuse, St. John's, you know, they're, they're that's a 12, 12 seed. So you think, what are the Canes an 11, maybe a 10? The Canes are actually a nine seed. Um, and at South Carolina, which would be the second year in a row, they did that. And it would be a... Just say a monumental task to get to the Sweet 16. Um, with that said, the Canes seating is going to be very much decided not by the Canes, assuming they get in, but by the other ACC teams. The ACC is so strong and so packed in all over this tournament. And if we scroll down, you'll see this in terms of number of teams. And nine, they try to avoid ACC teams or teams from the same conference, in particular ACC in this case, of playing in the second round. So what happens is the Canes seed is where can they put them where that won't happen? Because if you start looking at these quadrants, when you have nine ACC teams, you know, they're everywhere. You know, you got Louisville sitting here. Um, and so how do you avoid kind of like hitting them too early? Um, and the way they do that is frankly by, 
by spacing it out. So, and, and by spreading it out. And if they have to move a team a seed line or even, you know, very rarely two, but sometimes two, they'll they'll do so. And so to make the the make the tournament work and, and make it so that you don't end up with like an ACC corner in the bracket, they'll move teams around. So for example, you know, just looking at the Canes bracket right here, Miami might actually be, you know, the 10 seed, right? On their seed line. But you can't put Kansas and Baylor against each other, and you don't want to put Miami in the same corner as Notre Dame, so you end up switching it, um, which is why you're seeing the Canes as one of the kind of last – in fact, if you look here, that Kansas is just behind them. Um, but that's why you're seeing the Canes as kind of one of the last last four buys, but also as a 9 seed, which is pretty safely in. Now, you don't – the 8-9 is always a bad spot to be because if you win the first game, your second game is a road game against one of the best teams in the country – You'd actually rather be an 11 seed, you know, based on where the Canes sit. But again, that's a lot that's dependent on where the other teams land. You have Louisville as a six. You have Notre Dame as a three. That kind of kills those chances of an 11 seed. Um, NC State's here as a seven. Um, You know, Florida State's a six. That type of stuff kind of limits where the Canes can go. Because you're starting to say, okay, if we have a bunch of ACC teams as sixes, which is three out of the four in this bracket, the Canes can't be an 11 seed. Um, if you have NC State as a seven, you have Virginia Tech as a two. Okay, the Canes are starting to not be able to be a 10 seed, and that's where you see it gravitate towards that nine spot because despite the ACC being very, very strong, here's, here's a three seed as well, so that's another, you know, can't be a, an 11 seed. Um, what, what you're seeing is they don't actually have a number one seed. So, you know, if ironically, if the Canes – lose to Virginia Tech. If Virginia Tech goes on wins the ACC tournament, Virginia Tech very well could play themselves into a one seed, which would actually probably push the Canes out of an 8-9 potentially and into like a, a 10 spot. So a lot to go on there. They definitely need to win the first game. That should definitely be enough. Um, and then from there, it does kind of matter where the rest of the tournament takes out. Who are your one seeds? Because if the one seed is not from the ACC, there's a very good chance the Canes are an 8-9 game, which is, again, the worst possible <laughs> seating you can have um but we'll we'll know more this week again the canes kick off their acc play technically at 8 p.m tomorrow night against the georgia tech boston college winner and the reason i say technically is they do this thing where it's 30 minutes after the previous game ends previous game should end around eight so we're probably looking more about 8 30 but that is tomorrow night that is a must win if they win that they get a free swing at virginia tech to maybe launch their way up into that seventh spot somewhere um, if they can win that game because that would be two out of Virginia Tech's five losses would be against the Canes if that happened. And then maybe you see them vault their way into a better opportunity. Uh, with that said, um, you know, we'll, we'll monitor that. Definitely a loss tomorrow will be devastating for the women's chances. Um, and that brings us to uh, the hardball. So... As if there wasn't enough going on with assistant coaches, with men winning the ACC, potentially. Women in the ACC tournament, the Canes men's baseball, men's baseball, there's only one baseball team. The Canes men's, the Canes baseball team, thank you very much, um, is, is heading down to, or uh, up, I should say, to Gainesville to take on their rivals, the Florida Gators. Um, so... This is obviously a big series. It's a big rivalry. It's one that Florida has outplayed the Canes in recently. The Canes were a better team than Florida last year. 
Um, this year, it looks like the shoe's on the other foot. Um, the Canes had won seven in a row. They're currently seven and two. If you didn't catch it last night, they lost at FAU. FAU is a very good team. It's not an easy place to play. Uh, they lost six to five. Um, had a lot of chances to win that game. Um, fell behind four one early after an early home run from FAU. Got the lead five to four. Loaded the bases twice. Didn't score. Um, left. 14 runners on base, a lot of them in scoring position, and ultimately lost by a run. It's not the end of the world. It's not a great way to carry kind of your 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 resume. Your, it's not a great thing to carry into Gainesville, but it, it it's fine. It's it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Um, it's a midweek game and a, a midweek game against a good team. Now. There are some concerns going into this UF series. Um, I would say one is the amount of dependency the Canes appear to have on the home run. There's not a lot of rallying and a lot of clutch hitting. They did put up 20 runs on Dartmouth on Sunday. A lot of home runs. They are knocking the cover off the ball on the deep ball. But, you know, you can't rely on that to consistently score. And I think that's the concern. And that's where you see them get into ruts. They load the bases multiple times against FAU. You couldn't score. You know, they really they need that home run because they're not hitting for singles. Um, we saw that in the opener against Penn State, too, just very reliant on the home run. And that can be problematic, especially on the road against a team that is loaded with pitchers. Um, that's one concern. But I think the biggest concern is the starting rotation right now uh, for Miami. Uh, Gage Zeal has got, started Friday the first two games, uh, got roughed up twice, um, did hang in there and get the win against Dartmouth, obviously lost the Penn State game. Carson Ligon has by, by far the Canes' best pitcher. He's been going Saturdays, uh, lights out twice. Uh, Alejandro Rosario uh, doing – I mean, I feel like he's a steady state. He's solid. Uh, he gets a little wild, sometimes can run into trouble, but overall he's pitched really well. Um, he's been going on Sundays. So does Gino Damari shuffle the rotation? I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of benefit to that, to, to moving people around at this point, if you're going to keep the same three guys pitching. And I will say the the fourth potential starting candidate, um, Ben Chestnut, pitched last night. So he's not going to start this weekend. So I don't think we'll see a full shuffle of the rotation in terms of Zeal not being in it. There is the possibility if they move everyone up, they give Alejandro Torres a start on Sunday. Um, he did start a midweek game previously. He is one of the Canes' top bullpen arms. but um, And if they're moving zero back to the bullpen, it might make sense to do that. I don't know that that's going to happen. I would expect the same the same uh, rotation we've seen. And this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one. Um, UF is a top 10 team. They're one of the top teams in the country. Um, they have their pitching rotation is all – Expected to be drafted very high. Um, one of them, their their ace was actually drafted in the second round and came back. Um, they have the best two way player in baseball starting on Sunday, so they're they're a monster of a team this year. And Canes have lost to worse UF teams than this, so this is a tall order, but it's one that's achievable because the Canes are a very strong lineup. You can look one to nine; they're really hitting the ball, um, and so they're going to have to win some high scoring games. It feels like. Um, and frankly, you know, the bullpen has not been as strong as we thought it would be for the Canes either. So there, there's a lot of work to do here. It's a winnable series. It's a tough series up in Gainesville. It wouldn't be the end of the world losing it. But if you think about the season goals are host a regional, host a super regional, um, and then obviously get to Omaha. And then from there, you know, win the championship, of course. But, you know, you want to get if you want to get to Omaha, you start by 
getting home postseason games. And the Canes did that last year and then blew it at home, obviously. But if you're trying to get to host, notching a road series win against Florida is a great way to do that. Um, and so while losing a road series to UF is certainly not going to be resume ruining in any any regard, there's a huge opportunity here. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Those games are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, and up in Gainesville. Uh, and and the Canes do their Canes are good enough to win this series. They're not going to be favored, but they're good enough to win it. And that is that that's something that can you know supercharge the season going forward. So something to watch out for there. So over the weekend, we could potentially have the Canes women if they are able to upset Virginia Tech. If they're able to win tomorrow, they'll go against Virginia Tech Friday night. Um, the Canes men will go for the ACC championship on Saturday night. Uh, the regular season championship and the Canes men will be playing UF the entire weekend. If the Canes women can pull off an upset against Virginia Tech, they'll be playing through the weekend as well. They obviously made the finals last year. So just a lot of stuff going on as well as the opening of spring practice. We'll be back Monday, six rings Canes show every Monday, eight 30. Um, we'll, we'll talk the coaching staff. It should definitely be solidified by them. A practice open. Um, we'll talk about the Canes uh, men's hopefully winning the ACC. We'll talk about the women, their tournament prospects, and we'll look at the series in Gainesville. And then I tend to do these deeper dives midweek, a little less football focused, although we did talk some football today and we'll kind of revisit as the Canes men will be in the ACC tournament next week. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, check out our shows on Mondays at 8.30, as it says on the scroll. And um, yeah, like and subscribe to the channel. Ch check this out every every week. Also, if you have questions, you know, throw them in the comments. If there's stuff that's not time sensitive, obviously, and, and I'll try to address them next week. These are pre-recorded. Um, anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Um, fairly exciting time on campus, and we should, you know, we should have a very strong week for the Canes athletic program. So uh, we'll get with you Monday. Actually, I forgot Saturday after the Canes win the uh, ACC, we'll open up a stream and we'll all kind of celebrate together. I've got to celebrate life's victories. Uh, so until Saturday night, thanks for checking us out. Like and subscribe to the channel. Catch us every Monday at 8.30. And as always, go Canes. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.